I am thankful for Christ our Savior, but I'm also thankful for the gifts that God has given us to be able to express our thankfulness for Jesus. That was incredible. Can we say thank you to Pastor Kim and Pastor Johnny one more time? So beautiful. Well, good morning and welcome to Joy Church. If this is your first time or your hundredth time, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you guys had an incredible Christmas. Did anybody have a good Christmas? A couple of you. I know the Kinney family had a blessed Christmas. It was incredible to be able to spend time with family and friends and focus on our Savior Jesus Christ. So I'm extre extremely thankful for that. As Pastor Johnny mentioned, my name is Drew, and my wife Melanie's right here in the front row. She can wave to you guys. She's incredible. Don't let her tell you anything different. Uh, we also have three tiny princesses. They are beautiful. I'm not biased. They are extremely beautiful. Our youngest, her name is Harper, and she is one. Our middle child is Amelia. She's two, and she's extremely feisty. And our oldest is Nora. She's four. Now, if any of you guys know Nora, you know that she doesn't have a problem saying um, anything, whatever's on her mind, whatever she wants. And so this morning, she comes in so sweetly after I'm getting ready. And normally, she greets me and says, Daddy, you look so handsome. You know, boosts my confidence, gets me ready for the day, whatever. So today, she comes in and she says, Dad, why are you dressed like that? You look silly. So, I apologize for dressing silly this morning, uh, but that is just a little peek into the life of my family. As Pastor Johnny mentioned, uh, Melanie and I, we are the kids directors here at Joy Church, so we really have our work cut out for us. <laughs> I'm so excited to be able to share God's Word with you guys this morning. Before we jump into the message, I wanted to take just a moment to share a personal testimony uh, many of you guys are familiar with Melanie and I's victory story. We shared this in the church around October, beginning of November time. Um, and for those of you that aren't familiar, our victory story is really of that of first-time homebuyers. Pretty exciting. Um, a lot of hard work. Um, anyways, our story in purchasing a home actually started three and a half years ago. That seems like a long time. If you want to buy a house... I'm not saying that's the timeline that you're going to face. Don't worry. That was just the timeline for us. But in the last four months or so, we've really seen this dream of owning a home come to completion. Uh, so some of you guys follow our story uh, on Instagram, Waiting on Wilson Way. Uh, but if you don't follow, we do have some pictures they're going to put up to slide through so you can kind of see some of the process of, of owning a home for us. Um, on December 19th, we officially signed, closed, and moved into our brand new home. Thank you, God. I have to say, it's incredible to be homeowners, but after living with your parents for three and a half years and adding two children to your family, amazing isn't quite enough to say having our own space is amazing. <laughs> We are so thankful. The journey to home ownership for us wasn't easy. It was good, but it wasn't easy. Uh, God was so faithful to teach us so many different things through the process. That's the closest picture I have for you guys of the completed um, project, but it's beautiful inside. It's perfect. Um, it's more than we ever imagined. 
but in the process, we had to learn that um, resistance doesn't mean that it's not God's will. Resistance doesn't mean that it's not God's will. It's so easy when you face speed bumps, roadblocks, brick walls, whatever you want to call it, to think that God's not for you. But we actually learned that most of the time, God's will has resistance. You face resistance. How else do you get a victory if there's no resistance, if there's not a challenge, right? So we're so thankful for this process. We're so thankful for what God had for us. Uh, I know owning a home is kind of like the American dream, but we're so thankful that God took something that was so personal to us, a dream that was personal to us, and made it bigger and better than anything we could have imagined or dreamed of. We're thankful for God's timing, God's plan, God's provision. We're thankful for our family and friends that were there with us through this process. Um, you know, even down to the last few days before closing, it seemed like there was challenge after another, delay after another, but we made it. We survived. We have a beautiful home. We've been living there for just over a week. I highly recommend not trying to move the week before Christmas. If you can control that whatsoever, try not to move the week before Christmas. Just the stress alone of trying to get everything taken care of before Christmas, not ideal. Also, if you have three tiny children, don't move. Wait till they grow up. <laughs> I know that's not very realistic, but you can't even ask them to help. I mean, I tried. They can't really lift up anything or do much, you know, except for get in your way or demand that you do whatever they want when they want it, right when they want it, you know? So it's like, we're trying to move, we're trying to get in this house. Uh, but if you know my wife, she's so extremely organized that to be honest, most of our house was moved, set up the first night. And we started at like after two o'clock in the afternoon. So um, she is crazy. So if you need help organizing things or getting a good plan that's excellent together, <laughs> she'll, she'll give you some tips. <laughs> if you would have asked us a couple of months ago if we would be in this process so close to Christmas and so close to the end of the year, just like barely make it in and by the end of the year, we would have never guessed this. But I'd say this was one way to finish the year with a bang, am I right? If there was a hashtag, we'd say hashtag finishing 2019 strong. You guys have heard this a couple of times this morning. You made it December 29th, 2019, the last Sunday of the year, and you're here. You're not just here, you're like, you're alive, but you're here at Joy Church. Give yourself a pat on the back. I also want to remind you that you have approximately two and a half days to check off any remaining goals on your 2019 goals list or those um, New Year's resolutions. You still have a little bit of time to make sure those are completed, so about two and a half days. But today my goal as I speak um, is that the Holy Spirit would speak to you and that you would be encouraged, that you would be challenged, and even provoked to finish strong. Finish 2019 strong, finish the race that you're in now, the season of life that you're in, to finish strong. After all, I think that it's appropriate that since we only have one service today, I get to go twice as long, because somebody has to make up for the first service, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll do my best to not go long and maybe even finish a little early. 
My biggest motivation is that I do want to be asked to preach again someday, so I won't go extra long. So in all, all seriousness, my prayer for you is as we conclude 2019 and launch into 2020, is that each of you would be stirred to finish this year strong and that you would carry that strength into the next year, into the next season, the next chapter of your life. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, and you're going to hold that spot. Then you're going to flip back to chapter 13, so Philippians chapter, chapter 3, verse 14. This is the New Living Translation, and again, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Now you can flip over to Philippians 4.13 and it says this, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Church, I want you to hear this this morning. No matter where you are in your journey, no matter what you might be facing, you can press on and finish strong because Christ Jesus has given you his strength. Will you pray with me? Good, one person's gonna pray with me. <laughs> Agree when, in prayer with me. God, we come before you. We thank you for every person here, every son, every daughter. God, we thank you, God, that you have a plan and you have a purpose for today. And God, I just pray that every heart would be open to receive your word. God, I ask each person would receive uh, their portion today. God, that they would receive the portion of your word that you have for them, God, that people would be challenged, people would be encouraged, God, people would be strengthened. God, I ask that people would start strong and finish strong. God, I ask that your people would start strong and finish stronger. I know that doesn't make sense, but God, I ask that your people today, upon hearing your word, God, they would be encouraged to start strong and finish even stronger. God, let your word come forth in power, penetrate each heart tonight, today, God. And I ask that those that don't know you, God, would come to know you today. Those that are in this place, hopeless, God, that they would find hope. God, those that don't have a family in this place today, God, that they would find a family. And ultimately, God, we ask that you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. As Christians, it's abundantly clear that we're called to run, to persevere, and start and finish strong in every area of our lives. It's easier said than done. I will be the first one to admit that. However, there is a way. We can do it. When we look at Scripture, the key to starting, sustaining, and finishing strong is joy. The secret is joy. Somebody say joy. joy. Let's try that one more time. Somebody say joy. joy. Okay. In the most natural sense, Webster's Dictionary defines joy as a condition or feeling of high pleasure or delight, happiness or gladness. Some other definitions say joy is an emotion so deep and so lasting. Joy is a source of keen pleasure or delight. Joy is an expression or display of glad feelings or festive gaiety. Joy is a state of extreme happiness. Now, when you consider all these definitions, I know it's easy to ask the question, is there a difference 
between joy and happiness? Let me tell you, there is a difference between joy and happiness. And I'm going to contrast these for you real quick. Joy is something that lasts. Happiness is something that is temporary. Joy springs from within and is an internal experience. Happiness is caused by external circumstances or experiences. Isn't it so funny? Any of you parents out there will relate to this, that you have children, one moment you can be so filled with joy, and in less than 30 seconds your child can cause you to go to complete anger. Like how does a four-year-old have that much power over you to make your emotions change that quickly, right? Joy brings with it a feeling of contentment and confidence, which can take us through a storm in our life journey. Happiness is not present when we are in the midst of a storm. It just vanishes. Happiness is a blurred emotion. It can mean different things to many people. Joy is a conscious commitment to be happy, to have a sense of gratitude and contentment despite life's challenges. I came across a quote that said, Joy is happiness with a much longer shelf life. Now, I think that's accurate to a degree, but I think joy is so much more than happiness. So we'll go a little bit deeper. We'll see what the Bible says about joy. And I'm a facts guy, so I like all the little facts. So I'm going to throw a couple of facts about the word joy from the Bible at you. Uh, The word joy is found in the Bible around 150 times, all of its different variations. The word joy appears over 80 times in the Old Testament and over 50 times in the New Testament. Now, I'm confident that there's a reason that joy is weaved in and out from, of Scripture from the beginning to the end. I think there's a reason. I think it's because the secret is joy. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the words translated as joy mean much the same as the English word for gladness, cheerfulness, calm delight. But what's interesting is the word joy in the Bible is also associated with trials, suffering, persecution, and the like. Wow, that's quite the contrast right there, right? The difference between joy in the most natural sense and joy in the Bible, or what you might hear me say as Christian joy, is simply its source. Christian joy is found in Jesus Christ alone. With all of this information, I think we can easily define joy as a divine state of being, which includes our feelings and emotions, and is produced by the Holy Spirit. As Sam Storm said, it's a deep, I love this, I love this quote, it's a deep, durable delight in God that ruins you for anything else. A deep, Durable delight in God that ruins you for anything else. We now have uh, an understanding of the biblical definition of joy, what the natural definition of joy is. But how does joy give us the strength to start, sustain, and help us finish strong in our Christian journey? Let's look at God's word. And from there, I'll give you six truths. I only have five fingers here. Six truths concerning joy and how it operates in our lives. Are you guys ready? Okay. Number one, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, many of us can quote this. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Again, the Holy Spirit produces joy in our lives. Romans chapter 8, 11, and 1 Corinthians 6, 19 tell us that the Holy Spirit lives in us and was given to us by God. That means we house the Holy Spirit. And a fruit of having the Holy Spirit dwelling within us is joy. So if we're Christians, we believe in God, we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, is our Savior, we have the Holy Spirit in us, given to us by God, who produces joy in our lives. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and can be evidenced in our life through the Holy Spirit within us. Number two, joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. Now I said the Holy Spirit produces joy, but we still have to choose joy. Ephesians 4.3 says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Galatians 5.25 says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have to obey the Holy Spirit. We have to walk with the Holy Spirit. We have to align ourselves with God's will. And as we do that, we can choose joy. Number three, we can be joyful in spite of circumstances. This one is so good. It is so good. We, as Christians, need to get a hold of this. We can be joyful in spite of circumstances. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. This verse gets me so excited. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Did you hear that? Not only does God's word say that we can have joy regardless of our circumstances, his son Jesus modeled it for us. It says, for the joy that was set before him, the joy that awaited him, he endured. He endured the circumstances that he was facing. Church, you need to know this. Joy is not circumstantial. Joy is not circumstantial. If you didn't catch that, your joy is not determined nor defined by your place, by your circumstances. And again, Jesus exemplified this. As Christ followers, this should get us so excited. If there's a reason to jump, if there's a reason to smile, if there's a reason to dance, to sing, to shout at the top of our lungs, it's because of the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is what should wake us up in the morning. The joy of the Lord is what should stir us to love the lost. The joy of the Lord is what helps men and women persevere in a marriage that looks hopeless. The joy of the Lord is what helps a hurting soul overcome addiction. The joy of the Lord is what helps someone when, they're, when they've lost a loved one. There is strength in the joy of the Lord. 
the joy of the Lord is what allows us to rejoice. We can rejoice in the great, the bad, the ugly. Joy is not circumstantial. Somebody say joy. Joy. Somebody in this place needs to know that even though a loved one, a child, a family member may be facing illness or infirmity that is life and death, you can have joy. Your strength is found in the joy of the Lord. You can count on the joy of the Lord. It won't fail you. It won't let you down. Someone in this place needs to know that if you lost a job, you got laid off, or you can't find a job, the joy of the Lord will carry you through this season of your life. Someone needs to know that if you're facing addiction or a family that's broken and beats you, you can persevere because you have the joy of the Lord. Your joy, the joy of the Lord, is not based on your circumstances. And we're going to take this a little bit further. Trials and persecutions are opportunities for joy. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, this right here is like the love language of a seven, okay? The seven has to find the silver lining, the, the, the positive inside of a negative. This is my language right here. Like, I am convinced that every single negative situation has a positive. You just have to find it. Some people don't like to hear, but, th- but that's the reality, you know? Um, James chapter 1-2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It's an opportunity for joy. I'm going to read a quote for you. I love this so much. I don't even know who said it, uh, and I don't even think they can put it up on the screen for you. Um, But it says this, Joy shifts our hearts to a position of worship regardless of current circumstance. It doesn't change, fade, or expound based on anything we do or go through. He is a constant safety and peace in our lives, a safe harbor in a tumultuous world. Through the filter of his joy and by the power of his strength, we are able to witness the surrounding beauty of life in deep and complex layers, all in his time. Number five, there is strength in joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. This is where we're going to focus in. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm reading a 60-day Bible reading plan right now, and it focuses on the seed and the journey of the seed from the Old Testament to the New Testament, Uh, Christ's death and resurrection from Genesis to Revelation. And I highly recommend this uh, Bible reading plan for the perspective itself. It's a a quick macro view of the whole Bible, and it's just um, been changing my perspective as I read the Bible. So I would encourage you, uh, look this up. It's a 60-day Bible reading plan. You're not physically reading the whole Bible in 60 days, so don't worry. You are reading portions of the whole Bible in 60 days that focuses on the journey of the seed. Uh, And the reason I bring this up, because there's a segment that focuses on this scripture that I just read in Nehemiah chapter 8. It says, um, and at this time, the children of Israel have been in exile for 70 years. So 70 years separated from God and in, in oppression. And God begins to extend his grace and begins to restore his people. And Nehemiah reminds the children of Israel 
that the joy of the Lord is their strength. Even at their lowest, deepest, darkest place of their lives, God is there and he still chooses them to be his chosen people. So if you're here this morning and you're in the deepest, darkest pit of your life, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Know that whether you're in this season by your own choice or it's circumstances completely out of your control, God still chooses you as his son and his daughter. You can have the joy of the Lord and he'll give you the strength to persevere through this storm and every single storm that you face in your lifetime. My last point, number six, our joy is complete only in Christ. John 15, 11 says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Now, previously I said that joy is a choice, but joy is not necessarily something to be pursued. It's rather a result of your Christian walk. It's a byproduct of living in Christ. If you submit yourself to Christ and his will and you walk with the Holy Spirit, you will have the fullness of joy in your life and you aren't going to have to chase it down. It'll be a byproduct of you living in Christ. Joy is God's gift. Like righteousness, we can't make it. We can't manufacture it. There's nothing that we can do to produce it. It's God's gift. We can receive it and we can walk in it. As we wrap up, I want to read two more verses and then I have another incredible quote that I want to share. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Always be full of joy in the Lord. When we have the joy of the Lord and we're full of it, we will know it and so will others. Others will recognize the joy of the Lord in our lives. Christian joy is contagious. People can't get enough of it. People ask, why are you so happy? Why are you smiling? Why are you so joyful? Because it's the joy of the Lord. And this is the promise. As we start, as we sustain and finish strong by the joy of the Lord, James chapter 1:12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And last, the quote is from John Piper, and it says this, what the world needs from the church is our indomitable joy in Jesus in the midst of suffering and sorrow. The world needs to see and experience our Christian joy. Our joy doesn't shake when we are founded in Jesus Christ, when we are planted, rooted in Jesus Christ, and the world needs to see that. The world's joy is just happiness. It fades, it changes based on your circumstances. The world needs our joy, the joy of the Lord. Church, I hope you heard this this morning. The secret is joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. If you choose joy, 
the joy of the Lord, then I can promise you the fruit will be strength for every season of your life. Let the joy of the Lord overflow in your life and let it overflow into the lives of those around you. If you wouldn't mind bowing your head and closing your eyes, I want to pray with you. But first, there's some people in this place that you hear about the joy of the Lord, but you've never experienced it. Maybe you've never even heard of Jesus Christ. And I want to give you the opportunity to experience the joy of the Lord. I want to give you the opportunity to join God's family. I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. So if you're in this place and with every eye closed and every head bowed and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you haven't committed yourself and given your, your life to him, I'd like to give you the opportunity to do so. If you wouldn't mind just raising your hand. So if you're in this place and you would like to give your life to Jesus today, please raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Or even if you've given your life to Christ previously, but you've been backslidden, you've been away, you've walked away, you've done your own thing, but you want to come back. Like the children of Israel that were in exile from God, you want to come back. You want to be restored to relationship with Jesus. I want to pray for you. If that's you, raise your hand. All right. So. Church, we know what our job is. We need to get people in here that don't know the joy of the Lord so we can share that joy with them. I want to pray a prayer blessing over you as we conclude uh, 2019 and jump into 2020. God, I come before you and I thank you for every man and woman here. God, I thank you that you have a plan for each of their lives. And God, that plan includes challenges and it requires perseverance and it requires joy that would give us strength to walk through these seasons and things that we face. And so God, I just pray um, that each person here today, God, would be encouraged knowing that you love them so much and that nothing is going to cause your love to waver towards them. And God, I just pray that they would be challenged to start strong. And God, they would be provoked to finish even stronger. God, that each person would finish 2019 stronger. God, that they would finish the season, the chapter that they're in stronger. God, whether they're facing, uh, as Pastor Natalie prophesied earlier, drought, famine, those things, whatever they're facing, God, that they would be able to have joy in you, knowing that there's strength that comes from you that gets them through every season, every struggle, every drought, every famine. God, we thank you for the joy of the Lord. We thank you that you freely give it to us, and we walk in that. We choose to walk in it today, God. We pray your blessing over your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.